Blog Talk Radio. Dr. Karen Can Radio Show. The intention of this show is to empower and inspire you to manifest the life of your dreams, whether it's radiant health, prosperity, loving relationships, or simply peace of mind. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one bestseller, Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, A Holistic Approach. And if you don't have a copy of my book, you can get the first six chapters free on my website. Just put in your name and email address, and I'll send it to you on my website at www.karencan.com. Dot com And then when you get on my mailing list, you'll also get five of my Fast Track Your Healing webinars absolutely free, and you can just uh, watch them at any time, whenever you're available. And, you know, connect with me on Facebook, too. I'm really active on Facebook, kind of the latest and greatest things that are going on, especially all that spiritual stuff that I'm dealing with these days. If you've been on my blog, you've been reading about it. Um, exciting things for me. It's never a boring moment, that's for sure. And today I'm really excited because... I'm going to be interviewing Dr. Eric Pearl, the author of The Reconnection and Solomon Speaks. And let me tell you a little story about how I heard about Dr. Pearl and his work. It was about 10 years ago. um, I I saw this book, The Reconnection. I don't even remember how this book got into my hands, to be perfectly honest. And I read this book, and at first I I was hoping for some sort of magic bullet, I guess. I was still having some, you know, fibromyalgia symptoms. I still had some pain. And I, I was really into Reiki and all sorts of energy healing. So I was looking for, like, the next best thing to heal myself and hopefully heal my patients. And so when I read the book, this is the very first time that the concept of, uh, let's just say, other dimensional beings or what other people might call extraterrestrial beings might be connecting with us humans. I really didn't understand this concept at all. And when Dr. Pearl mentioned it in his book, it was like, huh? What is that about? And I thought it was very interesting. And for some reason, um, I I just reread the book like the last couple of weeks because my husband got really interested in it because when we received our reconnection and reconnective healing, he just thought, wow, this is amazing energy. And so he decided to read the book, and I just reread the book, and I swear that I don't remember like a half of the book. <laughs> like I was like, what happened? You know, ten years ago, like why did that not go into my brain? Either that, or either Dr. Eric upgraded the book or whatever. But I, I don't remember part of those books because I was thinking I don't remember getting instructions on how to do the healing, and I thought, why didn't I do this? And so finally, you know, my girlfriend actually got re, uh, certified as a reconnective healer. And so I thought, oh, gosh, I want to definitely do this and give her some business and, and get her started. And she is an incredibly loving and very gifted healer. And, and this was her thing. She had tried all sorts of different things. And I knew I could tell this was her thing. It totally fit with who she was. And she's a star child, and it was just perfect. And I was really hoping for, hey, I got this hip pain. Can I get rid of this hip pain? And you know what? That didn't happen. And I realized, you know, and she was explaining to me that sometimes the healing that you get is what you need, not necessarily what you think it should be. And how many of us, including so many of my patients, 
feel that they want their symptoms to be cured. So they come to me, they want to be cured. But this is a really great story shared by Dr. Pearl. A blind man, for example, may not only be blind, but also be chronically depressed about being blind. He might live a reclusive life, have a lonely existence. And if this man was cured, he would be able to see. However, if he's healed, he may or may not be able to see. He may, however, suddenly feel peaceful about being blind, and he may suddenly feel motivated to go out into the world. And that true healing is about opening to transformation on the mental, spiritual, emotional, and physical levels by simply opening to the universal intelligence and allowing the healing frequencies to come through. People receive what they need instead of merely what we think we should have. And the reconnection, the reconnective healing energies, is the activation of the human being's innate ability to serve as an instrument of healing, to access a shift in consciousness that allows us to rect, feel, absorb, and transmit an expanded level of the universal healing intelligence. And that really has what happened to me because when I became reconnected, I didn't realize that I had a, a fear of annihilation. I mean, that sounds dramatic. But it wasn't until after the reconnection that I realized I wasn't afraid anymore. It was the weirdest thing. I had this underlying fear like, oh, I, I, I got I to gotta store water and I've got to, you know, if, if disaster happens and I've got to, you know, have all this stuff stored in my house. And I had this chronic anxiety about the end of the world. And, I mean, I, I feel almost embarrassed saying it, but I had this. And after the reconnection, suddenly this fear was gone. It was just gone. I just felt this this peace, and I thought, okay, my hip pain's still here, but I, I feel this peace. This is must must be what I really needed. And since then, although you know I can't guarantee this is because I got had reconnected, but um, my connection to Mother Earth is really profound. I mean, literally, I feel her stuff, and I realize that part of my life's mission is healing the earth and i'm i'm the least earthiest person like i'm not much of a tree hugger i mean yes i'm into green and all that but i'd like to stay indoors for 24 hours i'm fine with that you know i'm not like a lot of these crystal people that are like they love outside but her and i have been so connected i initially and we'll ask dr you know pearl about this i initially started feeling all her like you know every time there was a big earthquake i would feel it in my body If there was a solar flare i'd feel it in my body and thought wow i'm really connected and i was empathetic but not like this. So Dr. Eric Pearl basically is a chiropractor who kind of, some people would say threw away his, you know, his very lucrative chiropractic practice in L.A. Um, to because he was guided to receive and spread this amazing frequency. And now he has thousands upon thousands of students and certified reconnective healers all over the world uh, and that are also spreading these positive high vibrational frequencies and now I realize it really is about all of us increasing our consciousness and our vibration and basically sharing sharing this higher intelligence and love with each other so I'm so pleased to welcome Dr. Eric Pearl hello Eric whoops there I am hi how are you doing? <laughs> Great. And a little later on, uh, you know, people have some questions for you. I'll, I'll just tell them the call-in number is 818-514-1190. Again, it's 818-514-1190. And you can hit one, and then I'll know you have a question uh, for Eric Pearl. So, uh, Eric, you know, so over 10 years has passed since the writing of the Reconnection book. What can you kind of uh, give our readers and, and listeners um, some fill-in about what's Reconnection, what's 
the healing and how has that changed, if at all, in the last, whatever it is, 15 years since the book was written? Well, the healing, reconnective healing is, um, it is an expression of a higher level of truth and um, inner relationship, interactive relationship with our essence and with the universe. So it doesn't change. Our understanding of it expands. Mm. And our understanding of it may change in certain ways. Um, and maybe, 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 you know, we'll understand more of it differently. Maybe we'll misunderstand some of it and then understand more of it better. But I will say that the presence of reconnective healing on the planet also continues to expand but that's not a change. And how can I explain that? Um, I can explain it this way. Reconnective healing is not linear. It's not four-dimensional. And we've been existing here within four dimensions. In other words, according to the scientists, according to the researchers, we've been existing in a four-dimensional um, expression of height, width, depth, and time. So the way the researchers explained it to me when they came out to study reconnective healing is they said, well, the first thing they said to me is, we think you're bringing through something new that hasn't been here on the planet before. And I said, well, that's a really big, bold statement. What makes you comfortable explaining that? Mm -hmm. And that's when they started saying we've been existing within four dimensions of height, width, depth, and time. So they said, imagine it this way. Imagine if you can, this vast, huge, beginningless, endless universe. No beginning, no end, just goes on forever, no matter where you look. And then within it is this huge, giant bubble or balloon of height, width, depth, and time. We've been living inside of this balloon of height, width, depth, and time. And everything inside of our balloon here, just as we've been taught, has been energy. When we have been working with, as you mentioned, Reiki, for example, or any of the energy healing techniques, a technique allows us, by virtue of it being a technique, it does not matter what technique it is. Reiki, Jirei, Jinshin, Shigong, Mahjong, Beijing, Alpha, Beta, Delta, Gamma, Quantum, this, <laughs> Mattress, that, whatever the technique is, by virtue of it being a technique, it allows us to beautifully focus in on a subset of the energy within our balloon or bubble of time. That's why Reiki feels different than Qigong. That's why Jin Shin is a different technique. That's why are there 33 different techniques of, of Reiki all different than one another? Um, because they're portions or subsets of the energy that's been here. But mm. reconnective healing appeared and therefore had no and has no technique. A lot of what, what reconnective healing is, it's a way for us to completely transcend technique. So instead of us accessing different portions or subsets of the energy, reconnective healing allows us to access the entirety of the energy that's here within our bubble or balloon of time. So that's wonderful. I, I said, but that doesn't sound like it's new. They said, well, it's new 
On one level, because people haven't been doing it, but it's always been accessible to us. Here comes the part that's been not accessible to us, that's newly accessible. And they said, to understand that, you have to understand what we know now through quantum physics, that time is moving faster, but not in a linear fashion, not from point A to point B. Instead, time is actually moving faster in all directions at once. So time is expanding. So this bubble or balloon of time that we've been existing in, height, width, depth, and time, is expanding. What happens when a balloon expands? I mean, think about it. A balloon expands, it becomes more thin. It becomes, it right. becomes more sheer. It becomes, right, more permeable. And in essence, it's what's been inside is able to interact with what's been outside of the balloon. So what's been outside of our balloon has been aspects of light and information that has never been here before. We are accessing it for the first time, so it's coming through as new. In essence, time is disappearing. Mm -hmm. So what quantum physics teaches us are four points. A, time is moving faster. B, time is, is expanding. C, time is disappearing, which leads us to the fourth point. That ultimately, time is an illusion. Reconnective healing, the reason that the scientists and the researchers came out to study it was because the healings be, were, at least in two ways, very different than we were able to access through our energy healing techniques, old and new. The two main differences that caught the scientists' attention right away was that the healings tend to be fairly immediate and they tend to be lifelong. That means... They seem to happen instantaneously, and they don't seem to weaken or go away with time. Not all of them, but generally. The scientists then discovered that they were wrong. I said, what do you mean? <laughs> they said, well, we thought the healings were instantaneous. I said, go ahead. They said, they're not instantaneous. I said, then what are they? They said, they're faster than instantaneous because they're happening outside of time. And we thought the healings were lifelong, but the reason that they appeared to be lifelong wasn't that they were just lasting. It's because they happen outside of time, so they're not weakened by time. Mm. So reconnective healing ultimately is a way for us to remove the training wheels of technique from our healing bicycles and learn not just to master healing techniques any longer, but to master healing itself, not just to master the bicycle with training wheels, but to learn to master the bicycle itself. And that's the whole purpose for it to be here. So you'll often find, you know, I, I say that everyone can learn how to do this, and everyone can. The only thing that gets in the way from people bringing through reconnective healing at its highest level is that is the ego, the ego that can't understand that something is in perfection when left alone. So the ego wants to add to it. It wants to add a crystal. It wants to add an amulet. It wants to add muscle testing. It wants to add acupuncture. It wants to add an energy healing technique or something else. And as soon as we add to it, we alter it from its perfection. So when people say, how can I find a reconnective healing practitioner who will bring this through with the highest? I always say, go look at their websites. 
if they are still doing an energy healing technique, then they won't bring it through as fully as people who have released their techniques. The what we call foundational reconnective healing practitioners are the ones who are bringing it through at their highest levels. And as to become a foundational practitioner, it means we have to remove all the training wheels. We can't ride the bicycle around with the training wheel of Reiki in the back or something like that, but we really let it go so that we step into our mastery. Wow, that that is amazing. Well, and, you know, one of the questions that uh, a lot of people have, myself included, is that in the book you kind of alluded that if somebody gets reconnective healing, that after three or four sessions that a lot of times they don't need to come back. That, and I appreciate the part where you're like, you know, you're not like babysitting them or necessarily having this long-term relationship where they're telling you their whole life story. <laughs> you know, it really is, you know, receiving these energies in the universe yourself, uh, you know, as a mediator and the patient, um, you know, that, that the healing is done. So if people... I can imagine if people, like for example myself, still had symptoms, quote-unquote, even though that wasn't the healing they needed, they would still continue to seek outside help. So I just wanted you to address that issue. Okay, what what I said was, what I explained was that when someone comes to you for reconnective healing, although we don't address symptoms, people often have symptoms that have brought them there for one reason or another. Reconnective healing is not treatment. It is not therapy. It's not about curing. It doesn't address the symptoms. It simply allows the body to optimize its own potential to return to its optimal state of balance. And the problems we're having are our imbalances. So as we return to a vibration of balance, the imbalances seem to vibrate out of our systems. and Clean and clear. So, oftentimes this happens fairly immediately, and what takes the time is not for the healing, but it might be for some people to choose to accept the healing. So we say, do one or two or three sessions at most, and then let it go. Don't keep watering the same flower day after day after day. Let it go and give it some time to blossom. Now, I didn't say never come back again. What I'm saying is if in three months or six months or a year or three years someone needs another session, great. But don't set them up for regular sessions like touch-ups at a hairdresser. They don't need mm-hmm. to come in every week or every three weeks or every six months or every any period of time because that subliminally takes away their their. their willingness to own the healing. It creates a codependence on the practitioner. And often it's done a little bit for money. The practitioner gets extra sessions. I'm not saying, you know, healing practitioners are doing things for money, but sometimes subliminally we go, well, if we see everyone every four weeks, well, you know, that boosts the income a little bit too. And there's really no need. We want to do what's in the highest interest of the people coming to us and our highest interest ourselves too. So do one, two or three sessions and let it go. Now, what if after the third session they walk out of your office and they're hit by a bus? You say, I'm sorry, you can't come in. You had your third session. I mean, let's be real. 
Okay. Right? Okay. And you know, what if something else comes up for them in a period of time? Or and it just feels like it's time for them to have another healing session. That's fine. But watch that they're not building a codependent relationship with you. But reconnective healing, it's true. As you said, it's not about symptoms. Not about diagnosis. As a matter of fact, the less, as a practitioner of reconnective healing, you know about what the person is feels is wrong with them or what's diagnostically going on with them, the better off that person is because the less likely you are to interfere with their healing process by what you believe consciously or unconsciously may or may not be a possible result for it. I mean, for example, I've had, when I was practicing um, reconnective healing, I had people come in to me with, let's say, twisted spines or, or um, metal rods surgically implanted in their shoulders that limited their being able to bend or straighten their arm out or raise their arm overhead. Rods you would see on x-rays. And after reconnective healing, they regained their full range of motion and people would say, well, how is that possible? The metal rod is still in there. And I would have to tell them, I don't know. I really don't know. And you know how empowering it is to have the freedom to feel comfortable with sharing the truth that we don't know? It's amazing because what I've discovered in the healing world, generally speaking, is that the more complex the explanation you are given, the further away it is from the truth. The truth seems to be <laughs> fairly simple, and we don't always understand what it is, but our egos tell us to come up with reasons because what will the other person think of us if we don't know? Maybe they'll think we're honest enough to say we don't know. Maybe there are parts of God, love, and the intelligence of the universe that we just don't understand. It doesn't mean we can't acknowledge it. It really exists. As a matter of fact, a study was just done about maybe a year and a half, two years ago or so, at the University of Arizona that shows that just minutes, just minutes of reconnective healing was more than twice as effective as physical therapy in restoring the range of motion to our limbs. Wow. And all these people had uh, physical ailments, I guess, that were going to physical therapy? Yeah. They, these people were brought in by the University of Arizona, um, evaluated, vetted by um, the research study people there, the doctors running it and the professors. And then they were randomly given either physical therapy or reconnective healing. And the overall study of the group show that just minutes of reconnective healing was more than twice as effective as physical therapy in restoring range of motion to their limbs or their body. That's great. I, you know, I really respect and, and love that uh, a lot of these different uh, energy, uh, as you said, techniques in, in the past that we've heard about, there's not a lot of scientific data on it. And I'm like, given that I'm an MD, I have that left brain thing going. So I kind of like the idea of having some sort of studies done, not to say that I don't believe things that don't have studies done, but 
I think this is really helpful and supportive to what I do, uh, especially if I'm recommending something uh, and people are like, well, is there any proof that it works? Well, it's it's like the proof is in the pudding, what your experience is, but this is really great you know, that people have spent the time and energy to actually do this kind of research uh, because there's not a lot around to, you know, to hang our hats on as a medical doctor. And there, there is another side to that also, which we, we, we really should keep in mind, because a lot of people are so left-brained that they won't believe anything unless you show them 100 double-blind controlled scientific studies. Yeah. And what these people neglect to understand or haven't quite gotten yet is that everything exists before science has proven it. Everything that science mm-hmm. has discovered existed before science had proven it. If it didn't exist first, science would have nothing to discover. So we confuse oftentimes absence of proof with proof of absence. And they are two different things. Mm. I see what you mean. Well, and in our society, we so applaud the left brain approach that we kind of dismiss all the kind of right brain stuff. You know, they're taking art we, out of schools because there's not enough money. But they're going to keep the math and science, of course. You know, things like that. We are um, inductive in our educational process instead of deductive. Inductive logic says, you know, you add up um, all of the individual pieces and you get the whole. What they say, the whole is equal to the sum of its parts. Mm -hmm. Uh, deductive logic has you study the big picture and then begin to understand the pieces. And we really need a combination because maybe the whole is equal to the sum of its parts and maybe it isn't. But the whole is never equal to just some of its parts, which is all we ever have if we just take the scientific and the inductive approaches. Because the fact is we know more today than we did a hundred years ago, and we knew more fifty years ago than we did a hundred years ago, and we will know more tomorrow than today, and we'll know more in ten years, and we'll know more in a hundred years, and we'll know more in a hundred thousand years. So, if we want to use just that approach, I'd rather wait a hundred thousand years or two before we turn around <laughs> and say, "Now I have all the answers." Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, one of the other questions I had, uh, Eric, was about, um, uh, I guess, upgrading or deepening the receptivity of reconnective healings. Because I, when I read your book the second time, uh, and I, I, I don't, I can't explain why I didn't remember parts of the book unless you've changed it since you know you first wrote it. Um, I felt like I was getting, I got some really weird cold symptoms and James got at the same time, but we're very connected. And, and so I had another, you know, a healer just say, hey, you know, check in and, and see if it's anything to do with reading the book. And she felt it was that somehow that just reading the book that even though I'd read it before, that somehow I was being upgraded. So is that possible that you can just read a book and somehow deepening the energies that are already there? Well, I don't usually hear about people getting colds, but well, it's not really. I will a tell cold, you my like a first. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, usually they're positive feeling experiences, um, good feeling experiences, I should say. But I will tell you that my first introduction to what you're talking about came 
before the book was published, I had gotten a call from my editor at Hay House, and she said, you know, the first time she didn't think anything of it, but multiple times she goes, I don't know how I can edit this book. Every time I pick it up, my hands start to vibrate, my head starts to vibrate. I don't know how I'm ever going to get through this. Um, you know, and we laughed. It's an ongoing joke now. So I understand that we can experience things, and I don't really know how that happens either. It's it's not like I intentionally embedded words of, you know, subliminal messages and ideas into it, you know, or as I said in the book, it's not as if I walked through the printing house and try to energetically impress the ink. I don't know how that happens, but I know that what you're saying does happen because I get that reported a lot. Mm. That is that is fascinating. And what about if somebody is, um, you know, certainly, you know, some of my patients come to me because they've uh, read about acupuncture or they're very interested in acupuncture and they're really, um, how do we say, invest in receiving acupuncture. So mm-hmm. I have made, I guess, quote-unquote mistakes in the past where I've introduced something maybe that might work better for them, uh, but then I lose them completely. They never come back because I've now introduced something new that they weren't expecting, that I'm saying this might work better for you, but they were expecting acupuncture. <laughs> so, in fact, I did not do them a, ser- a service because they neither got what they wanted nor what they "Quote unquote needed." Um, so, what do you, what advice do you have for people that, you know, maybe, you know, they're not ready for something like this. They still want to do the acupuncture, or the homeopathy, or whatever other, you know, healing technique. Is it bad to kind of mix and match? Uh, you know, I know you're not supposed to do these things while you're doing reconnective healing at the same time. But what if they want to do it after or before or a different time for symptom relief? You know, I might, when if someone comes in for something, give it to them. I might say if they come in for acupuncture, I would say, you know, unless you're, you're really of an, a feeling that it's not going to work best for them, I say, we could try acupuncture first. And then afterwards, I want you to experience a minute or two of something and let them experience the reconnected healing once you learn how to do that. Or you have to risk have to risk sometimes and, and turn around and say, let's say you learned reconnective healing. I mean, let, let's say you actually studied this. Once you got to a point where you felt comfortable doing it, most likely if people came in and said they wanted acupuncture, you would probably say, I don't do that any longer. This is what I'm doing. They said, but this is what I really want. And you might say, well, let me educate you as to why I don't. And then you would have to determine with the patient whether that's what you want to do or not. If someone came in and said, I wanted Reiki or Qigong, I would definitely say, I don't do that any longer because what I'm doing now gives you all the gifts of that Mm -hmm. and much more. And if they say they really want it, I would say, well, let me give you the names of three excellent Reiki practitioners and when you're ready for this, please come back. And most likely, they won't go because they're coming to you as an authority and they're respecting what you have to say. 
So it might be in understanding that the role of a healer or a doctor or someone in your position includes being an educator. And you want to really sit down and educate them in a way that they get it. I don't think you've made a mistake. I think maybe you might say, how am I explaining this to people? And ask yourself that question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, certainly the, the patients that I do have a relationship with, and I think that uh, as a kid I always ended up being the counselor, and I enjoy that role. And I don't think that's for everybody. I think some people definitely, um, you know, it's much cleaner, and, and I really love in the book where you explain about this whole codependent relationship thing and, you know, the kind of like hanging on, you know, for dear life to, to people's stories and things like that, and that's really unhealthy. So it's taken me a lot of time to, like, figure those things out for myself because I guess I just needed to do that, understand healthy boundaries. But I really enjoy, you know, that relationship with people. And uh, and that's just part of what I what I love. So I do love seeing them back and seeing them progress spiritually. And they've many become students and we do classes and things like that. Um, but the, they have been very, very open. Uh, there's a few that have not been because they uh, and I always want to respect their own sense of what they're ready for, you know, and that's okay. My husband read the book and he followed your instructions to the T in the book, and he is that perfect personality where he is so naturally playful and you know um, the way he explains it to people. Uh, after I read your book the second time, I thought, oh my gosh, he's doing exactly what Eric is saying to do. And so is it, you know, and and I guess part of him is saying, geez, I'm having a great time with this, great experience. My patients are having good experiences. He's like, I, you know, I want to become a certified reconnective healer, but is it okay that I, that I'm doing this, you know, that I'm, that I'm giving these out for free, that I'm, you know, helping people this way. And it seems like from reading your book, you're encouraging people to do that. Hey, play with these energies, you know, help yourself, help people. Well, here's here's what the book will teach you. It will teach you this on a basic, personal level. It will teach you this on a level that allows you to do self-healing to a certain point, that allows you to help your immediate circle of friends and families, maybe to introduce someone to an experience of this. But your husband is uh, sounds beautiful, what he's not, yet really fully doing is reconnective healing. What he's doing is he's introducing aspects of reconnective healing to the people that he works with. And once he learns how to do this, he'll find that there's a huge part of the world that he is about to be able to bring to these people that he isn't yet. Mm. So what do you teach or or how does it work in your... I do appreciate sharing it with people, even the beginning, and saying, hey, do you want to experience a little bit of something here? That's a great idea. But I definitely would not say to people, you know, I am doing or I'm a practitioner of reconnective healing just from reading a book because, I mean, let's face it, could you read a book on acupuncture and then go out and hang a shingle? No. (laughs) Right. It's the same thing. There's a lot to be said for um, learning under the guidance 
of teachers, of instructors who are there working with you, seeing what you're doing, showing you what's on, what's off, how we're functioning with it. So, um, for example, when we do reconnective healing, like like we're going to do, well, let's take Miami, for example, on, um, I think, February 26th through March 1st. We're going to be teaching this in Miami Beach. And on Friday night, February 26th, we'll give a three-hour presentation where we talk about the history of reconnective healing, the theory, the philosophy, the science. We'll bring up volunteers from the audience and give live demonstrations of the healing so you can actually um, witness this, uh, maybe even on someone that you know, maybe even experience it yourself. And we will begin to show you how to feel this in your hands and start to work with it from the stage. But on um, the next two days, on that Saturday and Sunday, we will start to demonstrate healing from the stage, and then we'll go to massage tables where you'll have opportunities where you might stand, Karen, at the head of a massage table, and someone else will lie down on your massage table. The teaching assistants and I will come around, we'll take your hands, we'll show you how to feel this, how to find it, how to work with it, how to play with it. And right in front of your very eyes, you will begin to witness right there the person on your massage table going into involuntary movements or motions, fingers moving, eyes darting rapidly back and forth, legs moving, breathing changing, color changing, all sorts of things. Then you'll trade places with them so that they get to experience the very same thing while you're doing the work with them. Then we'll go back to the chairs, talk, do some question and answer, talk more about the science and the philosophy and more things. And then we'll go back to the massage tables again and demonstrate new levels of the work and practice that. So the 26th through the 28th, that Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday, is you learning this on a personal level, self-healing, how to immediately begin to work with your friends and family. But if you want to learn this professionally, you'll continue into level two of the training program, which is on that Monday and Tuesday in Miami, the 29th of, March, of February and March 1st. And what will happen then is you'll start doing professional sessions. We'll bring in volunteers from the public, and you'll do professional wow. sessions under our guidance. We will um, learn how to do this via distance. We'll learn how to do it holographically. We'll learn advanced levels of subtlety and nuance that seem so small, and yet you'll see the dramatic changes they bring about for you and for others there. And we'll even teach those of you who want to learn this how to start, set up, build, and develop your own reconnective healing practice. Or um, if it comes up in conversation or question and answer, we'll talk about how to integrate it into your own existing practices within the healing arts. By the end of Tuesday, March 1st, I can pretty much make you two promises, which are A, you will be able to do anything and everything in this realm of energy healing and beyond that any healer on this planet can do. And B, 
you will be able to do anything and everything in this field that I can do as well. It doesn't matter whether the healer you're thinking of has studied 63 different techniques or been raised by a monk in a cave in the mountaintop in Tibet or works out of a church deep in Brazil or has a family lineage. It doesn't matter what. You will be able to do anything and everything that anyone in this kind of or related field is able to do today. Wow, those are pretty big promises. <laughs> without, yeah, without any technique, without any ritual, without any healing toys or crystals or rods or amulets, without anything but your essence, your consciousness and your awareness and your heart. Mm. Great. And people can go to thereconnection.com, correct, to find out more about yeah. the classes? and. Absolutely. You'll find we're on the road about 30 weeks a year internationally. I think we're doing maybe five seminars four or five in the United States this year the rest of them are um, outside somewhere somewhere <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> how, how all where people... they are but but they are that's great how, how many people do you think have uh, or estimate that have actually come to your seminars and been either certified or, or we've trained? trained close to about a hundred thousand people over the year now I will say that the training yeah, I will say that the training has changed um, fairly dramatically starting. They used to be what we called seminars, and we used to do the whole thing in two days, but we realized we really couldn't do justice to it in two days. So we've changed it to four days, um, well, four days on a Friday night now, do um, the professional level. And... Um, and how can I explain this? And what's happening is we're now turning out a higher quality, more comprehensive um, professional level of practitioner. You might want to say that. I know the education is at a higher level, and that's really important. Mm, okay. Well, I think for so many quote-unquote healers that one of the blocks that we have is the whole um, abundance money thing. Like so many of us, you know, struggle, uh, myself included, having been in debt and, you know, being sick and all that kind of stuff. And, and, but there's so many of my colleagues that are really like working their butts off trying to, trying to make money, you know, and be able to give their gift and, and get something in return. Um, so I can't, I, I don't know how much, I mean, support do you give to, you know, your, um, certified reconnected healers, like how to market, I guess, or, you know, that kind of thing. We do, and we teach that it's very important to be in fair financial exchange. Hmm. Very important because there is a poverty consciousness in the healing world which does no one a favor. Right. Um, there's a poverty consciousness where people say it's a gift from God, so I can't charge for it, and the right it is a gift from God. But they never bother to ask themselves what on this planet isn't a gift from God. Everything mm -hmm. is. Every healing career, every health professional career, whether it's in medicine or dentistry or anything else. And if these practitioners did not allow themselves, if they did not allow themselves to be in fair financial exchange, they couldn't support themselves to be able to go on and help the next person the next afternoon or the next day. It's sort of like when you're on the airplane and the oxygen masks drop 
and they tell you, please place a mask on yourself before helping those around you, that's because if you don't place that mask on yourself, you're not going to live long enough to be able to help other people around you. And this is truly, truly important that we get out of poverty consciousness because healing doesn't live in poverty. Healing lives in a consciousness of abundance. And we can't give something we're unwilling to receive. And this is in all realms of the healing world. We can't give a gift we're unwilling to accept or receive ourselves. For example, we can't stand in fear protecting ourselves in white flames and gold flames and purple flames and trying to shake negative energy off of our hands and spray ourselves down with alcohol and and shake energy into salt water bowls. We can't stand in a consciousness of fear and facilitate healing at its highest level because healing resides not in fear but in love. We can't stand in lack and limitation in poverty consciousness and give healing which resides in abundance, we can't stand in the need for control um, of everything, doing complicated techniques and rituals and facilitate healings which reside in freedom. And we have to look at where our words have not really been in full integrity with our consciousness. And this is really very, very, very important for us to begin to understand. Today, we're not taught that. We are taught by people who live in fear, lack, and limitation. And we have to come out of that. We have to come out of that. Now, you've probably had uh, people with that uh, mindset shift just by receiving. I'm not saying everybody will shift that way, but, uh, you know, shift just receiving the reconnection or reconnected healing. Just like I got oh, rid yeah. of this annihilation fear. <laughs> <laughs> and funny thing is, you have yet to be annihilated. You probably never will be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you probably gosh. never ne- never will be. But there there are many healing practitioners who, you know, live in poverty on blankets on the beach and this, that and the other and, and they refuse to accept in return or better to recognize their own value and worth and charge a fair, fair, keyword fair, financial exchange for the healing so they're not able to help as many people as possible because they, they have to spend most of their time doing something else. If, if, if the great artists in the world, the, the Beatles and Sarah Vaughan and Billie Holiday and Dinah Washington and the and anyone else you can think of didn't accept money for their gifts. No one would have shared their music. The Beatles music wouldn't be going on to its sixth decade if they weren't in fair financial exchange. The only people who would have benefited or shared or experienced their music would have been their next door neighbors telling them to quit rehearsing so loudly after nine o'clock at night. Well, we do have some questions here on the line. If you, sure. you have questions as well, uh, the number to call in is 818-514-1190. Again, our listeners, 818-514-1190. Hit one so we know you have your hand up. And, by the way, if you uh, are calling from a, a line that's restricted, unfortunately we cannot unmute those lines uh, due to we've had some crank calls in the past. So, uh, so you will have and to call one, from one more, phone. Sure. And one more thing about the questions. Let's keep the questions to, um, about healing 
in general so that the answer is a benefit to everyone. And let's not be doing questions that say, my sister has this problem, my son or daughter has that problem, I have this problem, mm. what can I do for it? I don't want it to be about specific healthcare problems, and we can't really be giving advice over the phone. Right, great. Thank you for that point. Good boundaries. Okay, sure. so let's see. Phone number ending is 6143. Um, do you have a question for Dr. Eric Pearl? So area code seven twenty, last four number six one four three, you have your hand up. Did you want to ask a question? Oh, maybe not. Okay. <laughs> let me <laughs> let me go back to muting you here. Yeah, sometimes people uh hit one by accident, so all right. Well either that or we can't hear them. Something like that. Oh, that's a bummer. Okay. Um, now, uh, let me ask you a question since this other person has, uh, hasn't uh, or didn't mean to have their hand up. No, and they, can, you... and, and they can dial back again, too, and maybe they'll get a better connection a second time. Right, exactly. Um, can you explain the difference between reconnective healing and the reconnection? We didn't actually go over that in detail. The reconnection is a process that's done whose design is to throw you onto your life course, maybe even faster than you can imagine. Um, Reconnective healing is about healing, but there is an overlap between the two of them. So, reconnective healing often attracts people because they come in thinking of physical healings, regaining the use of an arm or a leg or a liver or a kidney or vision or hearing. Yet healing, true healing, is evolutionary far beyond that. True healing is a return to balance in your life, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual. It's about our evolution. Once you experience reconnective healing at a certain point in time, Many people realize that they want something else. What's more? Mm -hmm. There is a process called the reconnection, which takes place over two days, which only certain practitioners are um, trained in, qualified to do. And you can find them, again, if you go to thereconnection.com, you can look on our directory of practitioners, and you can start to see who's in your area who may do that. It's a two-day process. It has a specific fee for those two days of $333, interestingly enough. And um, it is designed to throw you, as I said, back onto the course of your life in a way you may not have even thought possible. It affects your family relationships, your career life. It rebalances those, even your love life, which is not always a bad thing. And um, it's origin or its theory let's say it's theory because you know the most we can do with this is theorize is the understanding that well as someone who does acupuncture there are meridian lines on our bodies and these meridian lines were part of a system that used to be far more effective than it is today these meridian lines used to extend off of our bodies and tie into the ley lines that encircle the planet, that encircle the globe, and then continue out to other stars and planets in the space in between. 
And the reconnection is a process that actually reintegrates and reactivates this system. Apparently, as apparently humanity at a certain point in time, if you go back through the stories of the ages, had all been interconnected with this system, but there'd been a separation. In Judeo-Christianity, they talk about that separation as the Garden of Eden. In other cultures and other religions, they have different stories about this. Reconnective healing reintegrates this pattern where humanity had not been evolving at its fullest rate, allows us to rejoin the universe at a much fuller rate and evolution and with surprises that I don't even know how to explain it's not an easy explanation. Well, it, it isn't, but also what you said earlier about the balloon and the, the balloon thinning as it expands, that's what I am experiencing lately in my practice and myself. And I had, you know, these questions, but I don't understand why all these past, future life stuff is showing up now. <laughs> you know, it just is. Uh, and I just, you know, de- learned to deal with that, and it's been an amazing, amazing journey, um, you know, communicating with angelic forces and, and different things. It's just it's just so cool, and even other planetary uh, things, just that connection to other planets. And, the, and I was like, is anybody else doing this? Because this is really weird to me, you know, but I just kind of go with it. It's <laughs> very exciting. It's very yeah. exciting. And, 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 and it's it's... It kind of, you know what it did for me is it sort of, it gave me life purpose. Mm. It helped me discover or recognize more of my purpose of being here was to experience and was to share. And I think that's very, very important. I mean, the fact is, is, you know, for me, I live my life out of just a couple of suitcases traveling around the world 35, 40 weeks a year teaching this work um, because the changes are just so very dramatic. I'll, I'll give you an example about um, a year or so ago, um, we had a couple come to the seminar and the, the thing about her, which we, about this couple, which we found out later was that the woman had had such problems with one of her feet that she was scheduled for amputation. and But she wanted to go to a reconnective healing seminar because she was interested in it. And the doctor said, you can't because your 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 foot needs to come off now and it's waited too long. She said, talk them into just one weekend. Just let me go to the seminar just for a weekend and then I'll come back and we'll have the surgery. And something happened over the course of the weekend all of the blackness of her foot and everything else went away and she came back and the doctors see that there's no amputation needed. There's no more gangrene. And um, she's been living a normal life for the past year, year and a half without any problems related to that foot. So life changes very unexpectedly. That's beautiful. And that makes you feel so good. (laughs) (laughs) To be an instrument of, of uh, you know, to be that conduit of, of love. But, wow. Yes. But we are that now. The fact is, mm-hmm. is that the healing world, for reasons of 
fear and limited perspective seems to keep us away from it. They want to make the healer out to be someone special who lives on a mountaintop and eats only certain food, you know, grown in the mouths of llamas or something. And (laughs) we have to realize that there's nothing we can ever do to become how do I say this? Nothing we can ever do, that's the key word, do, to become worthy enough or spiritual worthy. enough to be healers because we already are worthy enough we and spiritual worthy. enough yes. to be healers. And we can't become something we already are. So it's time for us to discover how to access that. And that's what we'll teach you in Reconnective Healing. You will learn how to facilitate healings for yourselves and a return to balance for your own life. And you will learn how to be able to do that for others as well, whether it's in your immediate family or whether you want to do this on a professional level through science-based understandings of new levels, according to quantum physics, of energy, light, and information that you learn how to access and feel just by allowing for an expanded awareness and consciousness. And for folks listening in, go to thereconnection.com. And, uh, Eric, we actually have uh, somebody else that put their hand up. Sure. So let's see. So phone number ending in 1644. You're on the line with Dr. Eric Pearl. Do you have a question for Dr. Eric Pearl? Yes. Hi, this is Rebecca. Um, Hi, Rebecca. I was wondering... When you get when you work on somebody and say that their problem is not with themselves but with um, relationships that's going on in their life that's not due to them but it's their family or friends that aren't getting along, can you work on someone and help the energy in those people's lives be transformed, so to speak? Well, the first thing that I would do is what I would not do. (laughs) In other words, I would not look for the cause of the problem. How and why become very disempowering questions. And as soon as you've assigned reason for that healing um, to be needed, for that problem to have come about, you've given it a greater level of legitimacy than it actually deserves. What I would do instead is learn how to or simply allow myself to feel and tune into the reconnective healing frequencies and share space with that person. And now you've got to enter into a different level of trust. You have to step into outside of knowledge of what something is caused by and into a knowingness outside of knowledge, facts and data and whys and hows, and into a consciousness of knowingness that the most appropriate healing is what will come along and be received by all people in that interaction. And I would allow myself to simply tune into and feel what science today calls the reconnective healing principles, access them, share that space with the other person, that person's vibration will change. It's shown through scientific studies that the light emitted from their DNA will start to vibrate at more coherent, more harmonic levels, and the disharmony in their lives will have no place to go but will vibrate out and tend to disappear in a way that's most appropriate for them. 
And then I'd step out of the picture and just turn it over to whether you call it God or love or the intelligence of the universe, say thank you, let it go, and who is next for a healing? And you will discover the most beautiful healings come about as soon as we get our finger out of the pot. Fantastic. Does that help, Rebecca? Um, yes. What about um, if you're not around these people? <laughs> you don't live you near don't them. You don't need to be. Yeah, you so you're asking how and why again. You yeah. don't need to be. You know, you know, if you look at um, a bowl on your table, the molecules yeah. that make up that bowl are mostly empty space. Nothing there is matter. Almost nothing is physical matter. Most of it's all empty space, which is filled with information, just light and information space. And the table, the same thing. The table that the bowl is resting on is mostly empty space. So science will tell you that the bowl is actually not touching the table. It's just the way the information is shared between them. So everything is touching and yet nothing is touching. It's the same thing, Rebecca, for you and for the people you're talking about. Everyone is touching, and yet no one is touching in that physical manner. All you need to do is allow yourself to feel and share, and you become a catalyst for someone else's rebalancing and evolution at their highest level. And now what will be possibly a little bit difficult for some of us in the beginning is that we have to let go of the control, the need Mm -hmm. to control and dominate and determine and direct how it should happen and what if the person this and what if the person that and what if they're in Chicago and what if they're they're asleep and, and what if they don't know each other. We have to let go of that and trust that the details are being taken care of because they are, but you don't even need once you learn how to do this work to trust that, although it's a wonderful gift to. You just learn how to do reconnective healing, and it does what it's going to do, and it doesn't even require any faith or hope or belief. It's not mind over matter. It's not hypnosis. It doesn't require neuro-linguistic programming, or it's not even benefited by these. It just exists, and as you start to witness it, your understanding of what I'm saying will expand for you. Have you read the book? Have you read The Reconnection? Uh, nope. Actually, I like follow Dr. Karen, and that's the only reason I've even heard of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might, want, you might want to look at the... Yeah, you might want to look at the book. Okay. You might want to look at the website. You might just, just Google up Reconnective Healing. Just Google it up. Look at the interviews. See what's going on for it. And I think you'll get much more of an answer than we can give you in the remaining um, moments of uh, Karen's program. Okay. Thank you very much. Well, thank, thank you, you for calling. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Well, and I can definitely attest that uh, as I stopped focusing on fixing my family and my friends and all their problems <laughs> and just just worked on myself and my own healing and my own process and the wonderment and enjoyment of that, that I've noticed that they've changed. <laughs> right. And I was like, whoa, how many, did that happen? <laughs> many people will come into you and say, I don't know what's happened to everyone at my office. They've all become so friendly lately, and it's because of their change. They're attracting a different 
interaction within people. Mm -hmm. So the gift of our own freedom allows for others to step into their own freedom of healing and rebalancing. And what we truly start to recognize is that when we're busy trying to fix the world, it's like trying to fix a mirror. The world is a reflection of us. So if you stand in front of the mirror in the morning and try to apply your lipstick onto the glass, it might look good if you don't move or breathe. But the moment you go into life, it's gone. If we don't like what we see in the mirror, it's probably not because the mirror itself is broken. It's probably something that we don't like within us. And our change, our freedom, gives change and freedom to others. Mm-hmm. Well, very wise words, uh, Dr. Eric Pearl, TheReconnection.com. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. And, Eric, I'm so, so grateful for your time with us today. Very enlightening, and we'll be listening to it over and over again, I'm sure. <laughs> My pleasure, and hopefully maybe we'll see some of you in Miami. Yeah, I'm sure we will. <laughs> All right, take care, Dr. Eric, and thanks, everyone, for listening in. Until next time, bye for now. Bye. So that was it? Man, why didn't you get me involved in a question? <laughs>